Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Again, for leading us so well. Just wanted to, uh, to let you know, I got a staff, got a text uh, from Susan um, just a little bit before the service started. And um, Doug is not going to be discharged today. Um, they're keeping him for another day. Um, they have to run another test. And, um, and he's discouraged. And um, I would be too. So please remember Doug in your prayers. Please continue to lift him up whenever you think of him. Ask the Lord to touch him and heal him and encourage him today. Amen. Amen. That is uh, praying without ceasing. That's what we want to talk about today. Um, I'm going to jump right in if you can have the, the uh, scripture on the screen um, and you'll stand with me please as we read this. Just a really, just a really short portion today. Um, so you're going to be up and down, up and down. But uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Maybe see. I don't know how anybody could be sleepy today. You're just uh, up and down a lot today. It's all right. Um, really, some short little verses there, but powerful verses. It's kind of like Jesus wept. You know, it's one of those really short verses, but it's really powerful when you think about what Jesus cried about, and that's, that's meaningful for us. And so we have these, these, uh, these two verses with two words in them. So if you want to start memorizing scripture, there you go. Got some easy ones there, right? Jump on those. But those are powerful, and they're meaningful, and they mean something for us. So um, really... You know, Paul's talking to uh, the, the Thessalonians, the church of Thessalonica, and he says these words. He's, you know, he's, he's telling them to rejoice always and uh, pray constantly, or uh, in some versions it's pray without ceasing, right? And uh, a lot of times I think, you know, we, we read that, pray constantly, pray without ceasing, and we think, what's that mean? Um, does that mean we're just always praying, like we, we can't? If that was the case, we could never really hold a conversation with anybody else, right? <laughs> so what does that mean? We need to know what that means. We need to understand what that means because that's really good advice from Paul. But what does it mean? Uh, let's talk about prayer. Uh, how do, why do we normally pray? Um, a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons we pray. Let me give you just a few. We pray when we're in trouble. Uh, we pray when a crisis comes along in life. Uh, we pray when we have a big responsibility. We pray uh, when we get sick or when someone that we, lo we love gets sick. Uh, we pray for our unsaved loved ones. We pray for our nation. We pray for our servicemen and women. 
We pray for our church. We pray specifically things for the church, such as unity. Pray that we'll be in unity. Um, We pray when there's uh, too much month at the end of the money. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we pray out of desperation. We, we have a tendency to pray when we're desperate. We pray in many different situations for many different circumstances. But I wonder, this is what I wonder, do we ever pray just because we want to talk to God? Just because we want to talk to God. Or maybe just because a lot of times I think we think of prayer as us speaking when in actuality, prayer can, us, can be just us being silent and listening. So do you ever really just want to go to God and say, okay, God, here I am, and I'm listening, and then just don't say anything? Right? Yeah? This morning, I want to talk about what I really thought of as maybe the best example in the Bible of someone who prayed constantly, uh, that prayed without ceasing. And that, uh, that person is Daniel in the Old Testament, Daniel. Uh, Daniel is really one of the most interesting people in the Bible, I think. I mean, it's, that's my opinion. I think he's really one of the most interesting people in the Bible. I mean, he's, he's just a, a, a very interesting person. Uh, He was taken into captivity in a time of war. His city was besieged and taken by Babylon and its king, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, When his city was taken, Daniel was taken into custody and trained to serve the king as kind of a personal servant. And this was because out of all the captives of Israel, he and a few others were identified or or looked upon and favored Because of their intelligence and because of their looks and because of their wisdom, because of the way they carried themselves. And so Daniel was given a position where he would be close to the king of Babylon. So imagine that. Taken into captivity from a foreign nation, but yet close to the ruler, the king, or whatever, you know, uh, position that, that that person would be in. Uh, given a, a close proximity to them because they wanted to hear your voice. They wanted to hear your advice. They wanted to hear from you. That's interesting, isn't it? Daniel was in a place of leadership during several of the kings in Babylon. So uh, when we get to the point where it is Darius, uh, Darius uh, the Mede, uh, Darius was... Um, was king, and he thought very highly of Daniel. He thought very highly of Daniel, and really, uh, he had promoted he promoted Daniel into this high position, and uh, and he not only thought highly of him, but I think from the scriptures, it almost seems like he just uh, he not only thought Daniel was really smart and really wise and could help him, but it almost seemed like he just he kind of liked him. And that's a little different, isn't it? When you like somebody and when you just think they're uh, gifted to help you. There's a selfishness in one and there's a not, you know, kind of like more of a genuine feelings in another. But it seems like he kind of liked, uh, 
liked him. So this made the others who were in leadership uh, jealous of Daniel. And so they did what jealous people do. They, uh, they, looked to, uh, they looked to find some dirt on Daniel. That's what jealous people do. They, they were jealous of Daniel, and so they thought, we're going to look for a way to uh, make this guy, uh, you know, give, give him less of the king's eye, less of the king's ear. And so they looked for some dirt. So I can imagine they went through uh, all of his Facebook posts, and they went back and Twittered like several years to see if he tweeted anything that was wrong or bad, you know, anything they could use against it. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do today. That's what we do today. But back in that day, I'm not sure that they, they probably exhausted everything they could think of to try to figure out a way to bring Daniel down in the eyes of the king. And they couldn't come up with anything because Daniel was one of high character high character. And so they decided that they were going to trap him and, and use, really use his high character, use really something that made him the good man that he was. They were going to use something like that and trap him with it. And so they went to Darius and they said, King, live forever. They were buttering him up, right? Basically, they were just buttering him up. King, live forever. And that's what you do with somebody who has an ego, right? If somebody has an ego, it's kind of easy to get on their side, right? Because all you have to do is like kind of butter them up. And they're like, they make them feel better and they start getting more of an ego and they start thinking, I really am that good and, you know, that kind of thing. And so they went to him and they buttered him up and they said, King, live forever, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. We're going to read this, but I'm paraphrasing at this point. We've all decided that you are so great that no one should ever pray to anyone but you. If anyone asks for something to any god or king besides you, they should be thrown into the lion's den. That sounded good to a king that was full of himself. And he liked the idea of no person or God being treated as, as important as himself. So the king went for it. He signed the injunction and he made a law that no one could pray to anyone but him. Now let me talk to you a little bit more about Daniel. Daniel was great because of his faithfulness to God. That's what made Daniel great. He explained visions that confused everyone else because God gave him the explanation. Okay? Daniel gave amazing advice to the king because God gave him the wisdom and discernment to give that amazing advice to the king. Daniel had a close relationship with God. Uh, and, and you think how, you know, and you look at some of these people in the word of God, you look at at Daniel, and you look at David, and you look, you know, you just go through the list, and you look at some of these people of, of God, and Isaiah, and, you know, uh, you know, some of these people, and you just think, wow, you know, they, they have such a, seem like a power about them, and you think, what was it about them? What, what made them so powerful in the Lord? 
Well, Daniel, what made him so great was he was close to God. That's what made him so great. He had a relationship with God. How could he hear God's voice? How could he uh, sense God's leading? How did he have such wisdom when it came to decisions that needed to be made? There's really one simple answer for all of this. He prayed. He prayed. He, he was one of these that prayed constantly. He was one of these that prayed without ceasing. He was a prayer. <laughs> okay? So, so he would be what we would call today, he would be a prayer warrior. He would be one of these guys that if you had something going on in your life and you needed prayer, you would look for Daniel. You would look for Daniel because you knew that Daniel was a person that prayed. And he had a connection with God because he was always praying. He was always on his knees and, and lifting up uh, things to God. And so he was a prayer warrior. He didn't, he didn't pray just when he was in trouble. He didn't pray just when the king had a question. He didn't pray just when uh, one of his family members got sick. He didn't pray just when he needed something from God. Daniel prayed all the time. He prayed when he didn't need a thing. He prayed in times of, uh, in good times, and he prayed in bad times. And, I, and really, when was the last time you prayed? And, and maybe, maybe it was today. Maybe it was, it was, maybe it was this morning already. And if it is, that's wonderful. But when was the last time you prayed and you didn't ask God for anything? It's kind of hard to do, really. Because we're kind of naturally inclined when we pray to ask for things. Right? But I think Daniel was one of these that he spent times in prayer and it wasn't really to ask God for anything. He prayed to hear God's voice. He, he prayed to honor God. He prayed to spend time with God. He prayed to praise God and to thank God for everything. Daniel prayed. And when Daniel found out this injunction was signed, that he could not petition anyone but Darius, even though he was close to Darius, okay, even though he was close to Darius and Darius had given this high position to him, even though he was loyal to the king, and he was loyal to the king, he had to have been. If he wasn't loyal to the king, he wouldn't have been in that position. He was loyal to the king. Even though uh, the king was his employer, so to speak, okay, even though it was his livelihood to be loyal to the king, so to speak, Daniel still, when he heard this injunction, Daniel still went to pray to God. Because prayer for Daniel was his lifeblood. It was, it was what his life was all about. His relationship with God. 
He wouldn't miss time with God. So let me point to three things very quickly. Three things about Daniel that will help us to be people who pray without ceasing. These three things are are pretty simple, and I think they're pretty evident in Daniel's life. The first one is this. Daniel prayed because he knew he was totally dependent on God. He prayed because he knew he was totally dependent on God. I don't think Daniel thought for a moment that he was able to to interpret those dreams and, and interpret those visions and read that handwriting on the wall, you know, the hand that came out of nowhere and wrote on the wall. I don't think that Daniel thought for a moment in his mind that he was able to do that because he was just really smart. I think Daniel knew that the only way that he could do these things was because he depended on God. It was God that helped him do these things. It was God that helped him to do the things that he really was uh, called to do in his life, intended to do in his life. Uh, even gifted to do in his life. Now that's important for us because we need to understand that no matter what we're doing in life, no matter what our occupation, no matter what our goals, no matter what we feel our purpose is, we need God to accomplish that. We are totally dependent on God. And we need to realize that. Now that takes a little bit of humility, doesn't it? To say that I am totally dependent on God. I can't do this without the Lord. Daniel had that figured out. And I really believe that the reason that he continually, constantly, without ceasing, prayed is because he understood that he was completely dependent upon God. There was no way he could do what he was doing without him. I think that makes a difference in our lives when, we, when we're considering our prayer life. How much do we really believe that we are dependent on God? That we absolutely need God? Because I really believe that if we go through life thinking, I am totally dependent on God, I absolutely need God, that it is going to naturally cause us to keep praying. Keep turning to him. Keep asking him. Keep receiving from him. Stay in communion with him. The second thing, Daniel prayed repeatedly and often. He he prayed repeatedly and often. And and we're going to get to, uh, we're going to read Daniel 6, 6 through 10. Actually, maybe now is a good time to read that, uh, if, if you can have that on the screen. Daniel uh, 6, 6 through 10. I want to read this to you, uh, especially this 10th verse. But it says, So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, May uh, may King Darius live forever. All the administrators of the king, the prefects, the uh, satraps, the advisors, uh, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict That for 30 days, anyone who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty, establish the edict and sign the document so that as the law of the Medes and the Persians, 
it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the written edict. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, the windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. So that verse helps us to understand that Daniel prayed repeatedly and constantly. Now that's important for us to understand because when we read the, uh, the, the, the verse in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and it says pray constantly or pray without ceasing, we need to understand what that means. And so there's a scripture uh, that's in uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 9 and it says this, uh, Paul's uh, talking and he says this, he says... Um, I'll start in 8, read 8 and 9. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, is telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you. That I constantly mention you. Now that word constantly there is, comes from the same Greek word as the constantly in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Okay, so, so same writer, Paul, and Paul's saying this to the Romans, and he's saying that he constantly prays for them. Was Paul saying that he never talks to anybody else because he's always constantly just talking to the Lord about the Romans? Obviously not. What he's trying to say is that every time he thinks about them, he's, he's remembering them in prayer. You know, he, he's, he's going about his day. He's doing some different things. He's ministering to people. And then the Lord lays on his heart, hey, that Roman church, and he is, God, help them today. Strengthen their faith. Encourage them today. Help them to stand strong in you and know what they believe. And, you know, he's constantly and repeatedly praying for them when they come to his mind. Pray without ceasing. Constantly and repeatedly. When things come to you, do it on a regular basis. Daniel, in particular, he was doing it three times a day. It was kind of scheduled for him. And some people say, oh, you know, I don't want to schedule prayer. That seems so legalistic. That seems, you know. Well, you know what? It got Daniel on his knees before the Lord in relationship with God. And it wasn't something that was just uh, formed to him. He was pouring his heart out to God in those times. And I think sometimes if we don't kind of maybe schedule it or figure out a time, like, hey, I'm going to pray in the mornings, or I'm going to really pray before I go to bed. You know, there are times that if we don't do that, then several days have passed and we haven't prayed. So constantly and repeatedly sometimes means that we're setting times out of our day to listen to God and to pray to God and to take time for the Lord in that communion that we need with him. Amen? Here's the third thing. Daniel never stopped praying. Pray without ceasing. That means don't stop. Don't stop. There are things that 
that could cause us to stop praying. We talked a, bit, a little bit about it last week. You know, when, when we're, we're praying for something and we don't get an answer, or the answer that we get isn't what we like, sometimes that could cause us to stop praying. You know, there are people that they, they've just been uh, maybe, uh, you know, through years of things that have happened in their life, you know, one thing after another, they just get so discouraged that they decide, what good is it? I'm not going to pray anymore. Right? And, and really, if you look at Daniel, he had reason to do that. He really did have reason to do that. Remember what I said. He was a person that was taken captive. He was a, he was a person that in war was taken captive, and, and they took him from where he grew up. They took him from everything that he knew, and they took him to a faraway land, and they put him there. And he wanted to go back to Jerusalem. He wanted to return. He didn't open those windows to Jerusalem because he thought God was in Jerusalem. He, he opened those windows to Jerusalem because that was like his homeland. And that's where the temple was. And that's where he identified, you know, where he was close to God. And so he opened those windows to just think, I can be near to God if I'm at least looking the direction of where the temple was. And he prayed, and I'm sure, I'm sure that he prayed many times, God, deliver us from these people. Help us to, let us go back to our homeland. But it was years and years and years, wasn't it? We know they were in captivity for 70 years. Have you ever prayed for something for 70 years? And yet he kept praying. He didn't stop. What an example for us, right? Pray constantly also means don't stop praying. No matter the disappointment, no matter what's going on, no matter the circumstances, keep praying. Never stop. Don't cease. Amen? So prayer to Daniel was not simply an impulsive cry of help in a time of tragedy. To Daniel, prayer was like eating. He couldn't go without it throughout a day. He prayed like we eat three times a day. <clears throat> Talking to God was a regular routine. He prayed when things were great. He prayed when things were ho-hum routine. He prayed morning, afternoon, and evening. He prayed just to pray. But not just to say prayers, not just to go through the motions. This just wasn't a tradition to Daniel. This wasn't just a routine for him. Daniel prayed daily because he wanted and needed the communion with God. That is what prayer is. It's communing with God. It is spending that time with him. And I, and I want to just encourage you. I want to encourage you to think about this this morning, to, to even, dare I say, to pray about praying. <laughs> to pray about praying. Lord, help me to be a person of prayer. 
I need to get closer to you. Can't we all get closer to the Lord? We need that, don't we? It happens through prayer. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? Lord, as we bow before you um, to pray, Lord, we are so we are so thankful, God, that we can come to you. Lord, really just as simple as we know how, just to lift our voice to the God of all creation. And Lord, as I read through your word this week, and I read scriptures, and scriptures stuck out in my mind that uh, you created the moon and the stars. You set all those things in place. And the psalmist said, what is man that you are mindful of him? Lord, when we think of the, the wonders of your creation, then we think that when one of us, just one of us, lifts a whisper to you, that you bend your ear to hear that whisper and you care about what we're saying. Help us, Lord, to embrace prayer as communing with you, getting closer to you, being more able to hear your voice, have the strength to walk in your ways, have the direction and the wisdom and the teaching of your Holy Spirit to understand what it means to be a follower. Lord, that we will receive those things when we constantly, continually pray without ceasing. Help us, Lord, to be a people that we won't just pick one or two people and say they're a prayer warrior and they're a prayer warrior, but, Lord, that we will be a people that will all be warriors of prayer. What a, what a revival that will take place if that happens. Help us, Lord, to pray and pray in such a way we connect with you on a regular basis, constantly and repeatedly, and listening to your voice. In Jesus' name.